Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Um, BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season, as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL, hockey, right to UFC, and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including the live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use your promo code BLEAV, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, welcome back to the Run Dot Down post game show here on the Strickland YouTube channel. If you listen to this today after the Strickland Podcast Network, I am Sam. I'm joined by Tyrese and Schwinn. As always, Knicks win, extending the series to a game six in Miami, one twelve to one hundred three versus the eight seed of Miami Heat, um, led by forty eight minute virtuoso from Jalen Brunson, um, thirty eight nine and seven. On 12 of 22 from the field, 4 of 10 from 3, and 10 of 12 from the free throw line. Just an absolute put 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 your team on your back um, moment there. Um, really solidifying himself as, like, I guess, a legit star in this league. Like, this is what stars do. They put their team on their back in these. He's the best fucking star in the East. I don't want to hear shit about the corpse of James Harden. I don't want to hear shit about Trey fucking Young and his balding ass toupee. That is the best guard of the fucking Eastern Conference right there. And you just saw it on full display tonight. Yeah. I mean, he absolutely killed it tonight. Him and Grimes went the full 48-minute stretch. And, you know, Grimes, we'll talk about him. He's He had his blunders tonight, but, like, he also had, like, some huge moments and, like, his overall just – him being out there was just huge tonight. Um, but yeah, Jalen Brunson, 38-9-7 <laughs> in a do-or-die game five. That's what you bought. That's what you got him here for. That's what you tampered for him to be here for. And he's delivered in every single moment that you needed him to. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we can start there. Um, Terry already gave his little spiel, I guess. But um, Schwinn, as you're dying over there, um, yeah. How did you feel about Jalen Brunson tonight? Uh, I thought Brunson was great tonight. I I don't know, like how if they win Game Six, I'll be shocked. Um, you can't play guys 48 minutes. He played 44 the game before. He played 48 tonight. He's almost definitely going to play the entire game in Game Six, or for as long as it's competitive. Assuming it's a close game, the entire way he'll play 48. Um, like that's just, I'm sorry, you can't do that. I think we only have a day off, right? So the game is on Friday, if I remember. Yes. So, um, I don't, I doubt that quickly is going to play. He still had the boot on today when they showed him on the sideline. So I doubt Yikes. he's going to play. And it seems pretty obvious that he's just not going to play Deuce McBride at all, which, okay, whatever. Um, I don't want to talk about Tom Thibodeau at this moment anyway, but, um, yeah, Brunson was awesome. I mean, he, that's like everything that you could possibly ask for, you know, in terms of how he actually played, like his offensive scoring, the fact that I thought it was insane that he was tasked with chasing around Duncan Robinson the entire second half, who like all he does is literally 
run around screens. So that's a crazy workload he went through tonight on both ends of the floor, which is why Jim Jackson is a fucking moron. He was like, oh, like Jalen Brunson's play style, like he doesn't run that much. I'm like, you're fucking stupid. Shut up. Um, but he was he was great. Uh, he he was awesome. I thought Grimes also went the full 48, and he, he I mean he was defending. And this is probably the one thing I'm actually going to give Tom Thibodeau credit for tonight. He had Brunson on Butler the entire game. He never went, he, even when he was on the floor with Hart, he didn't go to Hart on Butler. He rode, he, he went with Grimes. And Grimes, I think, has been, I, I don't know what the, I don't care what the numbers are, just anecdotally watching them. I think he's consistently been the best defender they have on Butler. I've thought this going back to last season. And he certainly was tonight. He was awesome tonight. Um, I, what did he score? Like eight points? I don't even think he scored in the second half, right? He just had eight points, um, which all came in the first half. But he was awesome. And anybody that, like, looks at that box score and just tells you, like, oh, we need to get more from Grimes. I mean, they do need to get more from Grimes. Like, they should pass him the ball more. Um, but he, he was awesome tonight. Though They wouldn't have won the game that game without both those guys. Uh, I think they probably could have won it without those guys going 48 minutes. But whatever, they, they did it. And um, they were great. So, all credit to Brunson. I mean, that's, you know, that's everything you can ask. Like when you sign a guy to the, the contract he got and, you know, there was all the criticism of it at the time, but like you, they signed him, you know, obviously to be, to provide solid, consistent point guard play, which he has, but they also signed him for like who he is and to be a leader. And, you know, we'll talk about the other leader on this team later, but um, you know, what Brunson did tonight and what he's done, throughout this series, to be honest, even in his bad moments, that is what leadership is. And that is a player that not just uh, inspires his teammate, he, or he inspires and galvanizes his teammates. Um, he was spectacular tonight. And, you know, who who knows where they would have been without him tonight? Because that game started off ugly. And he wasn't the one that turned around on his own. But once they got it turned around, he is the engine that kept it going. So, um you know, there, there's nothing more that can be said about Jalen Brunson. He is the best player on the team. He is, I agree, at least one of the best top three guards in the East. And he is a superstar. Like, or, I mean, I, okay. He's, he's a played like one. I'll, I'll just say this. I think superstars are just like MVP caliber players. I don't, so I don't think Jalen Brunson, but he is an absolute star. He is a hundred percent a star. He deserves to be in the conversation with guys like, you know, why isn't he better than Donovan Mitchell? I, I would like to know the reason. Like, I, I don't know what that is aside from Donovan Mitchell can dunk. Um, I, I, I don't know exactly what those reasons are, but all I know is that everything that you've asked of Jalen Brunson, he's delivered and then some. He's gone above and beyond, um, I think, what most people would have expected from even people that were most optimistic about it. I mean, the game he had tonight with the focus that Miami was putting on him defensively, and not just tonight, but the last two games, really. I mean, he he was awesome. And they've won two of the three games that he's played awesome in. I, he is their bellwether. He he's They'll go as far as he can take them, um, at least in this series anyway. Uh, he, he was fantastic. And I don't know. There, there's really not much more you can say about it than that. He, he just came up with the goods whenever they needed it. You know, they cut it to 92-88. He hits a big pull-up three. Uh, they cut it to four. He hits a, he, it's a mid-range pull-up. He, he was... He was great. You know, he, he filled up the box score and every, again, everything you could have asked from him, he provided today. Tyrese. I love Jalen Brunson. Don't we all? I will. If there was a log cab, I would take Jalen Brunson to the log cab. I think you've heard this by now. I'm not saying the rest. This is a family show. 
Jalen Brunson is incredible. He has been steadfast for this team. He's been a rock for this team. He's been the emotional leader. He's been the on-court leader. He has been the offense for a large stretches of this game. And realistically, there isn't much more you can ask for him to do. Like, he played 48 minutes tonight, and he was good in all offenses of the game. And you can talk about his defense with Duncan Robinson, but, like, again, so much he has to do offensively. Being able to at least be competitive defensively is all you ask for. But, yeah, like, 38 points in one – 38 points, 48 minutes, and one turnover is nuts. And the one turnover was, like, a pass to Grimes that got, like, fumbled by Grimes and went out of bounds. Um, so, like – it was actually that stupid no look he threw, by, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it was? Oh, my yeah. Um, yeah, that was his turnover. Oh, but um, otherwise, like, just incredible play from him. And I don't know what – I don't know what Friday will bring. Um, Stress. I, I, I don't think it was the wrong decision to play them 48. Uh, I would have liked to see more McBride. I just – like heart just kind of gave me nothing today, and that's an understatement. Of, yeah, like heart, heart gave me turnovers, and heart gave you like a couple of really, really head scratching moments. But um, that was kind of it. Like he played nine minutes tonight, and nine minutes was probably a little bit too much. Yeah. So um, when that happens and your bench is already thin, you're kind of just like, well, we got to keep rolling with what we got. Otherwise, I just kind of feel like it's Brunson. This is all Brunson, and he deserves a ton of credit for being able to lead us to this one. All right, let's go on to the next guy um, that really helped us out tonight. R.J. Barrett, 26-7-2. Got a nice block on Jimmy Butler that helped, you know, spark things. Man, imagine um, if we had OG and an Obi instead, though. <laughs> Uh, 8 for 17 from the field, 3 of 8 from 3, 7 8 from the free throw line, including some huge free throws late in the fourth quarter. Definitely help um, give us some um, breathing room. Um, just, you know, overall, really good game from RJ. He's definitely, I mean, we've been saying this for the last, I don't know, six, seven straight games or whatever it's been. He's definitely taking the leap, definitely showing that he is a playoff riser. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, what more can you say about RJ? I mean, defensively, I thought he had some good moments, you know. He was, he was really good defensively today. Not yeah. moments. He had a full fucking game of good defense today. That was not a moments <laughs> game. That was a full – I mean, he's been good on defense for mostly most of the series. The last game was one of the – I mean, the, the first, that, that game and then honestly throughout the series, and I think some of this is because of – The weird our, matchups that he's on. Well, not just weird matchups, just Tibbs's reluctance to – alter his defensive scheme at all throughout the series but sure. don't want to again don't want to go there yet i but he was really really good on defense today i thought his rebounding was good today um which was i love that play of like him just like absolutely just waiting for jimmy butler to like run into him and get that foul at the end to get those free throws yeah i mean that that's well what we call that is uh that's called boxing out and it's a great thing that happens where uh <sighs> you prevent the other team from getting the rebound by putting your body in their path it's a very it's a very rare skill. Um, some people have mastered it, and hopefully, young Rowan can uh, can take that moving forward because that shit like that is what wins ones won them the game. Um, and I mean, obviously, it's a little more than that. But like, he was he was awesome tonight. Uh, you know, and and he's you know he's flashing some 
he's actually not taking a lot of mid-range shots, but he's getting but the ones he's taking are good ones. Like they're ones that he kind of has to take. I would have liked I, I I still am not a huge fan of the the blob to Mitchell Robinson with under a minute left. Not oh, yeah. Not not sure that's the one we want to go for, but I like the idea. And he's definitely going for the exclamation yeah, point right there. And the pass he did have to Mitch today in the fourth quarter was Unreal. That might have been the pass of the best pass of his career. It was um, beauty. That was fantastic. They had no idea. I mean, he that was like that's probably the easiest dunk Mitch has had this entire fucking playoffs. Forget the series. Uh maybe of his fucking career. That was ridiculous. But yeah, what what that was such a great, great play. And plays uh, like that is like why you like want to have RJ in those positions. I mean, I like... see that play and I'm just like, well, what what would OG and Hobie do here? Man, that'd be crazy. <laughs> um, but but yeah, no, he he was he's been really really good since game two against Cleveland. Really, uh, he's had like you know moments here and there where he struggles, just like anybody is going to. But he's been really good, and um, his three ball looks like it's coming around a little bit, which is nice to see. Um, he's getting to the rim, he's making good decisions, good decisions at the rim, which is more important than anything else for him. And he just isn't forcing a lot. I mean, and and actually, you know what I will say is, he had two he had two really bad passes. That one and one of them was in the first half. I mean, in the first quarter, I think Butler took it all the way for a layup. He did the same exact pass, trying to throw it to, to, yeah, Randall to Randall in the third yep. in the third quarter, and he got back and he stopped Butler and Butler airballed. He tried to do one of his like yeah. flailing fucking shots, yep. and the refs didn't fall for it, and he threw it like ten feet over the the hoop, and it was. But and he also had the block on Butler before that too. He just had a Sparky really Jane really good game three. defensively today. He was locked in. Um, even his off ball stuff for the most part, there was like one where he died going under on a screen for no reason on Caleb Barn. Um, but like aside from that, I thought his defense today was pretty much exactly what you want um from him, you know, ostensibly being the second uh, guy on defense next to Grimes. That's like you you'll take that every single night. And um, you know, there'll be tougher challenges ahead hopefully you know hopefully in this playoffs but if not uh in the future for him but you know when you see games like this and and series like this quite frankly and stretches like this from him on the defensive end it's one why again i'm never going to feel bad about criticizing him for how he played in the regular season but two this is exactly why i was critical of him because he's capable of so much more and we had seen it before this and now he's showing it again so um shout out to haley uh, for getting back with RJ and getting his mental right and getting RJ was just coasting. Yeah, and getting whatever else he needed to get right. Um, that's their that's their personal lives. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, no, he in all seriousness, like really really good to see. And I mean, he's been their second best player uh, throughout this playoffs to me. Um, so and yeah. who could have seen that coming? Yeah, or- huge 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 improvement from the regular season and couldn't have come at a better time. I mean, I literally tweeted like during that Cleveland game at the end of the regular season. I was like, they're going to give him the Ben Simmons treatment in the playoffs because I I was just like, there's no way RJ is just like going to turn this around this quickly. But hey, shout out to him for shutting us all up and, you know, making us all look stupid. Shout out. In the best way possible. Yeah. Whatever got him, you know, had some slim fast, whatever it was. Thank thank God. Some bloom. Does slim fast still exist? I don't know, but RJ probably <laughs> definitely got a hold of some. <laughs> Tyrese, how do you feel about your favorite Canadian basketball player? Jamal Murray? Um, All right. Not nah, joking. I can't even say that with a straight, straight face. Um, I think he played really well tonight. I was especially impressed with him defensively. 
Um, Jimmy Butler had his worst game of the playoffs, and I feel a lot of part of that was due to um, Grimes, but I feel like RJ Moe was able to check him as well. Like, Jimmy couldn't get anything going offensively, which is a really big thing. Um, and they had to rely on their bench to kind of keep him in the game, which sucks, but, like, the fact that they were able to contain Jimmy as much as um, they were able... Uh, can't speak, sorry. The fact they were able to keep contain Jimmy as much as they were doing this game is very positive. I just feel like um, he had a really good all-around game, really good offensively, really good defensively. He was great at the line, which has been a big issue for him. I just felt like he was active all around. Like He had that one good block on Jimmy. Like I think it was the third quarter where he kind of just like stuffed his shit, which is like really good. Like he, You don't really see him get blocks like that. But overall, really positive. I think he had the highest plus minus on the team tonight, and he was just everywhere offensively. He was everywhere defensively. He was just super active and super engaged, and that's what you want to see from him. Yeah. Is that what you want to see from him, Tyrese? You sure about that? I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm joking. All right. I would Let's... like to see the Knicks win. Would you like them to still trade uh, RJ Barrett with the first round pick for OG Ananobi? How do you feel about that? Ask me in a week. OG Ananobi is um, sipping tea in Britain, wherever he's from. Okay. Um, All right. All right, let's talk about Tyrese's actual favorite basketball player, Julius Randle. Julius Randle. Wow, what an experience this game was. Dude, that first quarter had me pissed. I was so fucking with it. Pissed is an understatement. Oh my god. Pissed is an understatement. He He literally literally had Dookie dripping down his legs. In the first, I was quarter. like, "There's no way you're an honest basketball player." In the first quarter, I was, I was livid. The difference of the team, the way they finished that first quarter. First of all, him playing that for a whole first quarter is absolutely insane. By the way, um, to get that out of the way, but like the complete energy shift of when he exits the game, and then inserting Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin had more rebounds in his first half than Art Randall did the entire game. By the way. Yeah, that's insane. And that just shows you like what Obi was doing out there, like what the, like what he brought to the game. Um, he just brought energy and like that's all we're asking for Randall at the bare minimum. And yeah, he didn't I, even do that to start a, a do or die game 5 on his home court. He didn't do it the entire game. I mean, yeah, pretty much. He didn't do it the entire game, so I don't really care like yeah, but, like cool. just start he made, the he game made, like he that made, is he made he made some shots. I'm happy that that happened. I'm happy he had an efficient scoring game from the field. That's good to see. Um, and he had some nice passes to start the third quarter, which I think uh, helped the Knicks get an open three. I think he had a hockey assist for either RJ three or, or Brunson three, and then he hit somebody else for an open three. Or I think he had RJ for an open three. Um, that was good to see. But his defense and rebounding was a joke again tonight. It was, I mean, it, no, it was existent. It was there. Miami definitely capitalized on it a bunch. So I saw it. Um, it existed. It was terrible. I thought he was terrible tonight. I don't care what the fuck his plus minus was. I don't care what he shot from the field. It was a zero on the plus minus. Yeah, I, I don't care about any of that shit. He was terrible tonight. And like when you compare what he like, you compare how Brunson responds, yeah, you know, versus, versus versus this guy. Complete. I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm so unimpressed with how he played today. I don't give a fuck about what his what his box score was. I don't need to know what it was. 
Um, I don't it care. Pretty nice. Yeah, good for him. And uh, hopefully, like that gets him to some place, and eventually he'll be able to, um, you know, um, deem us worthy of, um, you know, like maybe like a thirty minutes of defensive effort would be nice at some point. Um, but he, he, I'm happy he got the offensive rebound at the end. That was great. Put back end of the game for all intents and purposes. But gotta get that stat pad in. You look at. <laughs> some of the offensive rebounds that Miami got. And then you just look at who's standing there under the rim, not making a move for the ball, not doing anything. It's, it's crazy. It is ridiculous with this guy. It was absurd to watch his effort today on the defensive end and on the glass compared to literally everybody else. And, you know, after the last game, obviously he made whatever asinine statement he made. Uh, and there are a lot of people keying in on him saying like, you know, maybe they're just playing harder than us. I actually didn't, that was, didn't bother me at all because if that's what he thinks i'm fine with that i mean it's not like an unreasonable thing to say i just thought it was interesting that he finished that statement off by being like we got to play harder we got to do this we got to do that and i'm like i think that's like you that you should be look in the mirror you should talk about yourself right now and you should lead by example and if you contrast that with you know what jalen brunson said after game one of this series and what jalen brunson said after game two of the Cavs series where he explicitly said it was on him the loss was on him he could have easily just been like, "Oh yeah, no, we got to." We yeah, no. To. He said, "He said I got to be better. Losses on That's me. Put it on me." That's what leaders do. That's what leadership is. Julius Randall doesn't want to be a leader. Julius Randall wants to be a leader when everything is nice and it's it's all easy, and you know he can smile at the garden, and Mike Breen can fucking verbally fillet him for it, and he can get all star berths, and you know they'll do get all. all yeah, he got all NBA. Like he, he, lo- today. He, he loves it when it's easy. He loves it when it's fun. He loves it when everything is going his way. He never wants to take it on his shoulders, though, when he's got to stand up and, and be accountable for a loss. He never wants to be the guy. He'll always deflect and put it on, you know, we, 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 we. That's what he is. Um, and that Actually, just means he's not a leader. And uh, you watch his performance today. Forget the offense. If you just watch his every possession, he was on the floor for defense and rebounding. That was an atrocious effort from him. Um, I expect more from him because I've like, like with RJ, like I expect more because I know he's fully You've capable seen it of more. before. I know he's capable of more than this. I know that. Like, I know that he can get more than four fucking rebounds in a game that he played. What did he play? 40 minutes tonight or something? Like, I know he can get more rebounds than that. And he absolutely should have. This is not like a case of he was doing some amazing job boxing guys out and letting other guys get the ball. Or, no, this was. He did not make those plays. And I thought his decision-making at the end of the third quarter was poor. He got he had a chance. We had the ball up 13. We had a chance to go up, extend the lead, and he keeps dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. Lowry takes the ball from him behind, and they go the other way, hit a three. And that was a huge momentum shift in the game. And like I just I'm I'm so over. This was a play where he had like a Ben Simmons moment in the fourth quarter where like he oh, yeah, drove he in the, the lane, yeah, yeah, and he passed the Mitch. Like, what are you doing? Go up! I I just I'm sorry. Like I can't trust this guy. I can't trust his decision making, and I hope that like we roll the dice in Game Six and we get one of those random like you know Randall oh my leaders. god is is Randall the best Jesus player in the NBA game? Like that would be great, but. That's what it is with this guy, it feels like, in the playoffs. It's just you're rolling the dice, and you hope something good comes out, but you have no fucking idea. You have no idea. And I have no – I, I, you can't win 
with a guy like that as one of your top two options. It's impossible. Find me a team that won a championship with one of their top two options that was just like a roll of the dice every night. Yeah, it's, it's like not Dr. Possible. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Yep, every the day. The closest thing you could fucking point to is probably like Drew Holiday, but they had Middle Middleton was their second option. So like that doesn't even count. Yeah, um, it's like he has to be someone like that has to be your third option. It's way too volatile. And even then, Drew Holiday is still giving you consistent right. defense. A third option has every to be elite. Like night. yeah, they have to be doing other things. Like I mean, there were instances in the first quarter today. Like we talked about, you'd mentioned how the energy changed. Like see, like this is I hate talking about the energy thing. Because I think it's But it's like, real. It is real, but it's it's okay. So like as an example, there was one play, he gets the ball, and I think RJ swung it to him. Mm-hmm. And they were coming, it was like a semi-transition thing. So Miami was kind of scrambled. So I think Bam had gone to RJ and then he came over to Randall. Mm-hmm. Randall can either take the three mm-hmm. or he can just swing it back to RJ. RJ's wide open at that point for a three. What does he do? Neither. He he gets it jab 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 and then by that time their entire defense is set and he goes and takes some stupid iso shot which he bricked and it's like look that's not energy that's just a stupid fucking decision that makes your entire team look lethargic and slow and your half court offense lethargic and slow and it's like like his decision making impacts shit like that and it makes guys like it changes so much stuff like i just i'm sorry like if everybody if people are happy with how he played tonight. That's cool. I'm not. I thought that was a pretty bad performance from him. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I will not believe that that was a good performance because I've actually seen good performances from Randall. He had one three games ago in game two, probably in my opinion, the best game of his career. That is what a really good Julius Randall performance looks like. This was not that this was you scored some points and a lot of other guys played really, really well. That's what that was. Um, very unimpressed with this game today. Tyrese. I mean, he, he fucking sucked. <laughs> he fucking sucked. He had a good box score, and he fucking sucked <laughs> otherwise. Like, Schwinn kind of said it all for me. Um, yeah. The box score looked sexy. Uh, but the second half, it was just him fucking up routinely. I don't understand a lot of the decisions he made especially on a fast break with like numbers and he kind of just either passes it up or he's like just making a really stupid pass and Kyle Lowry's just there stripping him he had brought him on the wing for like five seconds I'm like just pass the ball pass the ball like oh my god it's ridiculous I I fucking saw Kyle Lowry strip this man multiple times on fucking fast breaks. That cannot happen if you're 6'8". Like, it's Kyle Lowry of all people tripping you like that. It's just, like, ridiculous. It's also just annoying, too. Because, like, See, it's like, Kyle Lowry. Lowry. Lowry does that to people. So, it's, again, this is, like, this is my point. It's, like, it's not it's, that it, it happens. Should, it's it's how the awareness. Often, and it happens all, so often. He had one at the top of the key in the fourth quarter where he's, like, they're in a zone. It might have been the third quarter where they're in a zone and he's, like, I don't know. He gets a ball with like six seconds left and he decides he's going to start taking Lowry off the dribble, which he kind of had to do. Okay, fine. But there's like, it's just so sloppy with the ball. And it's, it's always lackadaisical. There's never like, it never feels like there's a sense of awareness of how, how much pressure the defense is putting on him. Like the handles all over the place and he's just kind of backing guys down and, 
it's it's just crazy for a guy who draws that much attention as he does to just be so unaware. It, it's it's just ludicrous. I I don't understand it. And like, thank God they they were able to overcome whatever that first quarter was because it was truly, I mean, calling it something to behold is. It, it, it was it was fucking brutal. It was brutal. It was brutal, and the fact that it got like. It got sandwiched with all these awful, terrible calls. Three straight offensive fouls for a team. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen that before. Three straight offensive fouls. And they were, all, and they were all in the heat, which is the funny part. They were all in the heat. And it was just the heat, like, running into guys' arms, hooking guys' arms, and then, like, just clouding. I don't I don't understand what they watched. Like, I've said... How many screens is Van gonna set? Would he like? Uh, yeah, let's 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 get into that now because we're gonna end up just, talking just about real it. quick before we do that. I want to say yes. this. Uh, shout out to R.J. Barrett for pulling the Lowry on Kyle Lowry today. Yes, that, that was, was amazing. Awesome. That was amazing. All right, let's get into this screen shit. This shit is insane. Jordan Bam Poole's is literally on crack. By the way, huh? Jordan Poole's on fucking crack. By the way, uh, he's on that Malik Monk. He's <laughs> Jordan Poole is on fucking hilarious. Player. What is good with you, dude? Nice. Holy All shit. All those debates of Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, RJ Barrett, well, Tyler Hero. At least we know who's not on the bottom right now. Um, but yeah, I mean the BAM shit, the it's not even the BAM shit, it's the whole Miami Heat like illegal it's screen. Most, it's the fucking bounty. It's the Cody Zeller fucking neo-Nazi screens. <laughs> It's the fucking Bam out of bio, Cameroonian conquistador screens. I don't understand why the hell we can't. He had one. Bam has literally taken out like seven guys on this team. Yeah, you know, it's this is like honestly not a joke though. Like he's like actually hurting people. Like yes. he is hurt for Knicks this season. Okay, Bye. and you, who was the fifth? Oh, was Mitch one or something? Well, he, RJ he, hurt, got, he, hurt. he hurt RJ. He hurt Mitch. They got back in the game. He hurt Brunson. He hurt. When did he hurt RJ? Did I admit, was this today? I think that he, was that was one of those Miami games. Yeah, one, one of the Miami games where like, where like he stepped on like RJ's ankle. I'm okay. Sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Fun. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like the quickly, point is, like he's just quickly. injured. I mean, I, I that quickly play. Like I honestly don't know how anybody watches that and they're like, oh yeah, that's just you know just playing regular hustle. Yeah, like no, that's not regular. The one he had today to start the game. That's that's a. Fucking elbow in Julius's face. That's a foul. Like, even if that's inadvertent, that's a foul. You can't just elbow people. They call that on us. I definitely, yeah. I guarantee you that. They called Julius for an offensive foul today when Bam was arm barring him. He literally had his arm across Julius's arm. And then so Julius tried to, tried to brush him off. off of him. Yeah. And they called him for a foul on that. I'm like, I just don't understand how he gets away with this shit. And it's just, it, it is mind boggling. It's mind-boggling. I just, I will never understand it. Like, I know that he's a card-carrying Republican, so that probably like buys him some leeway <laughs> with the uh, with the refs here. But like, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, I just, I can't. That that one on Grimes was ridiculous. Like, how, how do you not call that? The ref. That was, right that was a play on. How did it play on? It's it's like he literally. If you watch it, okay, he's setting the fucking screen square on, and by the time he actually sets it. He's like slanted all in a direction. And it's like, that's not that, that, that is a moving screen or it's an illegal screen. Like, it doesn't matter. It's it's not legal. That's that's as much as I like. I know that. OK, I well, know Republicans, that Republicans love to do stuff that are not legal. Schwinn, so it's 
it's true. Uh, but it, it's just fucking bananas. Like, cool. I, I don't, you know, the, the Lowry stuff, the fucking Jimmy Butler. I can, I can deal with that. I can really deal with that. Cause like, I get it. Like Lowry's like, I, I actually think a lot of the stuff Lowry does is hard to officiate. Like, I get that. I understand that. I think Jimmy, Jimmy Butler just gets a great fucking whistle. Like stars, some stars get, get a great whistle. It is what it is. I can live with that. At least Jimmy Butler's fucking like really, really good. Bam is just setting blatant moving screens. Like these are not, you know, oh, look at how clever Bam is. Like this is not like the Lowry stuff, right? Like Lowry, you know, like some of the stuff I, I see, like I'll be like, man, I guess that was a foul. Then show the replay. And I'm like, this fucking asshole hooked his arm. And, and I'm like, okay, fine. The fucking Bam stuff, I, I watch it. Some of them he's like legit, he's legitimately like two hand shivering guys. It's- he, he, he just has his elbows out in every single one. He moves. He's fucking throwing his knees out. Like, he's fucking, like, putting guys in danger. And he actually could. I, I mean, I think Grimes looked like he was moving fine at the end of the game. We'll see. I, I'm hope, I hope he's okay. But, like, he, he's, like, could seriously fucking hurt somebody like this. If and he, he wants has. to play like this, he should go fucking play for the Miami Dolphins, not the fucking Miami Heat. He should go play in, like, fucking... Like, he should go to fucking, like, they should open up Guantanamo. He can go play there with the fucking, like, his prison cellmates there. Fuck. The guy is a fucking joke. Like, I can't deal with this anymore, man. He, he's just, it's out of control. It's been going on the entire series. And then for some reason, they extend it to Zeller. Like, I mean, look, they look pretty different to me. So <laughs> I don't know why they get the same whistle. Like, it's fucking bananas. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? And then they're calling, like, if you want to call the stuff that we were getting called for as moving screens or whatever, I am okay with that. If you call it both ways, you cannot just call it one way and then it doesn't matter when it doesn't happen the other way. And like, I will say, I did think the refs did us. Like, I think they, I don't know, maybe uh, Adam Silver got in their ear uh, between the first and second quarter, because I thought the second quarter was like, it, let's just say this at the end of the first quarter, we hadn't shot a free throw and they had shot, and I believe at the end of the third of the second quarter, we had shot 12 and they had shot 11 total. So it seemed like it evened out. And I thought that was fine. But I don't want it to like just call the fucking moving screens. That's it. That's the only thing I care about in this series. I can deal with the rest of it. All I care about is the moving screens because their entire offense is basically predicated on them getting moving screens, like getting op- shooters open off of moving screens. And for the love of fucking God, stop helping off, stop having Brunson. Help off Jalen Brun or help off help off of Duncan Robinson in the paint. What the fuck is he gonna do in the paint? What's Jalen Brunson? Is he gonna block Bam at the rim? Yeah, he's gonna fucking elevate up there. Gets like, come on, like just have him stick on the guy that is the only reason Miami's in the game. Yeah, I think Schwinn kind of represents all our energy facing this this issue. Um, all right, let's get to some comments. Um, let's see. Chris Bernhard would comment here. He says, here, Matt Early, because I saw Tyrese's fan fiction of trading RJ and picks for OG. I guess <laughs> watching the guy you hate outperform your number one guy on every level has broken your mind. <laughs> oh, man. Next question. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> That's... It's not... That wasn't even a question. That was just really? A <laughs> right? I'm here, so I don't get fine. Um, all right, so James C.S. Lou, Lou um, says, Q. Grimes, y'all, how about that steal off playoff Jimmy on one leg? That was the toughest play I've seen in a minute, dude. 
like on one leg and he just blew up that entire action. I I don't I kind of feel like I'm not he wasn't acting, but I kind of feel like it probably he was playing it up a little bit. A little bit? I don't know. Like it went because he went from like looking like he literally couldn't move to just ripping Jimmy Butler. Like that's like kind of insane. Like I, I don't know. That's badass. <laughs> it is bad. I mean, look, it, it doesn't actually it doesn't even matter. Like if he even if he was fully healthy, that's a phenomenal play. Like that was just a fucking great play. And again, who cares if he was healthy, not healthy? The guy played 48 minutes and he was fucking grinding and he did thankless work out there. He was not getting the ball. It's not like he was, you know, fucking handling the ball a bunch. Like that thankless work he did, that selfless work he did, that is what being a great teammate and being a great soldier uh, is about. And he was fucking great. I mean, he was awesome tonight. I, I you know, uh, again, shout out to not making the Donovan Mitchell trade. Worked out. Fuck Donovan Mitchell. That's why you got second team all NBA, you dumb bitch. You wanted to laugh about it. That's why you're at home. How's Cancun? Quitting guys making plays when you're sitting at home. If he's even in Cancun. He's probably at the the fucking Mets games. Yes, he definitely is. I'm not watching that team right now, so I can make that joke. Um, All right, let's see. Um, Ace Bouchard asked because you said, "What else can Donovan Mitchell do besides Jalen Brunson, besides dunk?" And Ace Bouchard asked, "Can Donovan Mitchell actually dunk?" We didn't see much of that in the first round. That is definitely for sure. We did not see any of that in the first round. I saw him go fucking ghost after game two. So I, I saw him go nine of nineteen and then five of eighteen and then eleven of twenty-six. So, mm-hmm. hey, at, at least he made an All NBA team, though. Great job! Finally, you made one. Ace Bichard also says kudos to Thibs for not leaning on Hart for no reason whatsoever. I'm not yeah. giving him no, I'm not giving him any kudos for that. Like if he <laughs> if he didn't see that today, then like I, I don't even know what I would have said. Because it was <laughs> so obvious that Hart did not have Anything. whatever was needed today. And I mean the the refs didn't help his cause. That flagrant foul, by the way, that's the that's the worst call I've maybe ever, ever seen. He extended his leg out. And if, somehow, so if you call that, if you're, I can just about, de- I could just about deal with like saying, that's a foul on Hart. I don't, I don't agree with it, but kind of like if that was the ruling on the floor, okay, fine. To the fact call, that they reviewed it and then upgraded flagrant, it, it doesn't even fit the criteria of what that like that thing that they call a flagrant. That doesn't fit the criteria of it. He does not jump into his landing space. He does not go out of his way to jump in his landing space. And the only contact that was made was not in Butler's fucking landing space. That was because Butler (laughs) extended his leg out, which you can argue is part of his natural shooting motion. Fine. I don't think it was, but you can argue that. Fine. That is not Hart landing in his landing space. That is not a flagrant foul by the fucking rules. That was a terrible call. One of the worst calls in the league, or one of the worst calls I can ever remember seeing especially considering they went and fucking reviewed it. They actually went to the replay screen and looked at it for that to be. The call is a joke. Who was that? Who was the official Gobel or where the fuck it was? He's a fucking clown. He should never officiate another playoff game for the rest of his fucking dumbass life. Well, he was, you know, classmates with Udonis Haslam. That's his boy. That was a, what? I, yeah, yeah. I, I could not, I could not believe that call. That is the worst call I've seen at least all playoffs not like i don't even think it's close i don't know how you could review that 
and be like, yep, that's a technical. That is a fucking crazy, batshit insane call. And I believe that was Hart's third foul. Yes. After RJ already had two. That is insane. It is. It, it was a crazy, crazy whistle to start that game that they put on Hart. And, um, you know, he didn't have it. But, man, he didn't have much of a chance to figure it out either. I'll say that. Yeah, the refs didn't give him much of a choice. They were like, fuck that. You're not playing tonight, dog. Like, that's it. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, Brunson is the first player in Knicks history with at least 38, 9, and 7 in a playoff game. Better than wow. the fat slob going Carmelo Anthony, by the way. All right. Just free Carmelo. He said better than the fat slob Carmelo Anthony. Well, it's one thing, man. Tyrese don't disagree on. <laughs> All I'm saying is Carmelo Anthony on his first playoff run scored 279 points. Jalen Brunson has 265 and will pass him in Miami. That's all I'm saying. I I will say this this series is increasingly uh, very eerily similar. Feels exactly like that 2013 Pacers Pacers series. Oh my god! I like literally game for game the way like we lose game one at home, we win game two, we lose both at on the road, we come back and win game five, and now we we will see what happens in game six. These are who will be the Chris who will be Chris Copeland and Iman Shepard. Uh, oh, probably Grimes. Yeah, I know. Deuce won't play. It would. It would just be Grimes and Toppin. Um, so this is how that series went. Pacers win by seven. Knicks win by twenty six. Knicks lose by eleven. Knicks lose by eleven. Knicks win by ten. Knicks lose by seven. Our series is what Knicks lose by seven. Mm-hmm. Knicks win by five. Mm-hmm. Knicks lose by whatever the fuck. Was it 20-something? I have no clue what the hell the final score was that game. Uh, then the Knicks lost by eight. Then today, Knicks win by nine. And we will see. But it's very, very similar. Like, uh, hopefully it has a better ending. Uh, that's all I can say about that. Hopefully whatever Woodson slash Stimson does, you know, he sticks with it this time instead uh, ho- of whatever happened in 2013. Hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully we don't get any... Anybody playing like Tyson Chandler? <laughs> you don't think you don't think Mitch is gonna come down with a flu? <laughs> no, that, if there's one thing I I trust Mitch to do is to no, actually show up. Except, <laughs> I, I actually trust Mitch to you know find reasons to play basketball games. Oh man! Free throws today. Shout to Mitch. Yo, like he had like what, what was it? Like three straight? Yeah, I, I, we need to talk about. This. That was one of the worst coach. Like, I thought Tibbs coached an atrocious game today. I, like, actually fully mean that. Like, this was worse than – I was really critical of them last game, but it was, like – a lot of it was more to do with, like, broader concerns of him, right? It's like, oh, like, there's nothing happening on the weak side. Like, that kind of stuff where it's like, well, well, maybe, you know, he captures ceiling because of these – like elements of his coaching that I just feel like you can do more of, like do, do more, you can improve on whatever. But I didn't think he actually necessarily coached an atrocious game. This game was actually an atrociously coached game. That first quarter was an abomination. Like to allow, well, like really like you're, you just let Randall play that entire quarter. That, yeah. Fucking, I said the same thing. That's insanity. That's crazy. Okay. He plays Obi. Obi plays awesome. 
and uh, they cut. They basically were like, they, it was a tie game, right? And then he like brings Randall back in, which fine, okay. It's like four minutes left in the half. Fine, brings Randall back in. The the sub stuff was whatever, kind of fixed itself because Josh was in foul trouble, so he couldn't really fuck things up, and he just played Grimes and and runs in forty eight minutes anyway. So it is what it is. But like that down the stretch was unbelievable how bad he was. He refused. How hard is it? Like, and this is why I don't believe it's on Brunson. There's no way you're like, you can't just tell Brunson, Hey, you don't need to worry about crashing down into the paint from the weak side. Like just hang out on Duncan Robinson and and that's fine. And, and leaving that aside, you can go back and, and I'll probably try and do this tomorrow. You can go back and find the Knicks guarding all these various screens. There are so many times they are, they're switching, but they're not, but like one guy's switching, one guy's not what they're, you know, Randall will go help. And then he's just like, Oh shit. I didn't realize Caleb Martin's wide open for three. I guess I'll lollygag over there and try to, as usual. yeah. And, and like, and maybe that's, that's Randall, maybe not whatever, but like, it looks like a team that isn't, they're not either on the same page or when they are, they're executing a scheme that gives Miami the only thing that's going to keep them in the game. The only thing that was going to get them back in the game was to give up these threes, just over help on, on any paint drive and the collapse on, and, and give up threes. Like I don't, I will, I will gladly let Caleb fucking Martin try to take whoever the fuck off the bounds and have to finish 10 times in the, in the paint. I'll, I'll take my shot. I'll take my chances there. When you're just giving up, open three after open three after open three without ever really changing how you're reacting to paint drive. Like if Jimmy Butler drives to the paint, fine. I can kind of get why you're stumbling out when it's Caleb Martin or Kyle Lowry or like Gabe Vincent or like, why are you collapsing on this stuff? Well, these garbage ass like, like make them beat you. And that's why you have fucking Mitch back there. That's why you have Arnstein, right? Cause these guys are elite rim protectors. Like, Trust them to do that. Uh, and and part of, and like honestly, part of this crazy, you know, help and then you have to recover and all these various rotations, that's part of the reason why I think Miami is, has had success at various points in offensive rebounding because we're scrambling. We're all over the place. So you don't get your body on guys. You're not boxing out. Give some free run, free run of rebounds. Like, I thought that was terrible. Then you had the Mitch thing. They start intentionally fouling Mitch. He puts Harnstein at the fucking scorer's table but then, like, doesn't call a timeout to put him in, so they get another fucking foul on Mitch. Fortunately, Mitch made both his free throws that time, if I remember correctly, and it worked and out gave okay. Gave him the, you know, standing yeah, ovation. And, that yeah, and then, and then Grimes fouls. Yeah, and then and then Grimes fouls. You know, uh, whoever it was, I think it might be Martin. Yeah, Gabe Vincent, and we can get Mitch out of the game. But like, it's just crazy to me how inflexible he's been this series. On and like. I understand if your main concern is like, I think like we just need to stop the stuff in the paint and we'll live with their shooters. And I can understand that if that's like your core base strategy, but when you're up 15, the the only thing that they were getting the entire night were these threes. That's the only way they're going to get back in the game. Switch more fucking stop over helping on, on paint drives. It's just, crazy like it's just it's insane to watch that stuff then you have you've got the fucking play out of the timeout okay they come out of the timeout miami shows pressure defense why are we like every time a team show, shows pressure we're like 
oh my god, like I'm gonna poop myself. And and like they knocked <laughs> the ball out. They knocked the ball. Twenty seconds left. RJ gets the ball and he like manages to throw the ball over half court to Grimes, who's out of control. They steal it. They go down. They score. And it's like this is right after a fucking timeout. This is right after a timeout. It's, no composure. At the end, and then he calls a timeout with a minute twenty left because Randall's trapped in the corner, which is you know. Technically speaking, that was the right choice. The problem is he ran the same dog shit fucking out-of-bounds play that we run every fucking time. This is the second time now against Miami that they forced a five-second violation running this exact same play. They did it in the regular season, and they did it again today. And not only they also had that one time where Bam stripped uh, the ball from Randall at the end of a game on a very similar out-of-bounds play. Like, I, I just cannot understand that coaching performance today. It, it's mind by And if your only pivot, if your only pivot is, I just got to play my best guys 48 minutes. That's not coaching. Like that's just, like, this isn't game seven of the NBA final. This is game five of round two. I am very, very skeptical of a coach who's doing this in game five of round two. I really am. That I get it. Options. Yeah, I get it's it's a do or die game, but man, that that is a crazy one. Anyway, what was the stat today? That there had not been two teammates that had played forty eight minutes in a playoff game since nineteen seventy two, and it was like Clyde and yeah. somebody else, Jerry Trump. Lucas. Jerry Lucas. Whatever. Yeah. So two Hall of Famers, like <laughs> two of the top seventy five greatest players of all time. It's just, I'm sorry, man. Like I, I Tim's has done a lot of good things this year, and. I'm not nearly as like he's done nothing of value and he does nothing of value like Tyrese is, but I Tyrese is the full on antichrist. Yeah, I I fully that's believe being gen- that's being gentle. Yeah, I, I fully believe that he is a ceiling capper. That that I think is where I'm at. I, I'm fully there. Like I just I can't see us ever getting to a serious place of contention. the promised land. Forget the promise, man. I just don't even think you can be a serious contender with him as the coach. But do you, like, do you get to the Eastern Conference Finals with Tibbs? Maybe, all? yeah, maybe. Um, I, I but I do think like the reason why I'm probably less like, oh, we got to get rid of him right now, is I'm not entirely sold that a different coach fundamentally takes us to a different level, and I do feel that like Miami is playing like they're not playing like an eight seed right now. Um, we're helping them in certain ways with like our choices. Ineptitude. Yeah, ineptitude, choices, whatever. But um yeah, they, they are they're playing they're not playing like an eight seed. But uh I'm just always gonna be very skeptical of Tibbs with when I see shit like that I saw today. That's just a lot of that was inexcusable. A lot of the shit he pulls is inexcusable. Um Nafi Mohuda says Brunson with nine rebounds, Randall getting five lazy rebounds. Come on, man. Also, his closeouts on some of those love threes were horrendous. Luckily, Kevin Love was absolutely dog shit tonight from three. We we did get to see Caleb Martin again cook Randall a couple times, um, which was really great. Loved it. Lo- loved love it. that recurring theme of the yeah. series. Um Caleb Brun- fucking Martin all people, man. Like, it's Caleb Martin. If people want to talk about, like, Caleb Martin's so good that he's underrated. He's not underrated. He's the worst twin. Like, what are we doing, man? The worst. Caleb the worst twin. They're both kind of pretty whack. So, like. They're all whack. Get, 
they're all whack. There's they only two of them. They're better off working with Calvin Klein than the, than the fucking NBA players. Like, come on, dude. Calling them handsome? No, I'm calling them fucking light skip. You're calling like, them handsome. Whatever. It's okay. You can call them handsome. Whatever. All right. <laughs> Caleb Martin, decent looker. Like, regardless, there should not be NBA players and somehow we're making them into, like, legitimate fucking options in the playoffs, dude. God. Have some shame. Have some damn shame. Yeah. Chris Bernard says RJ is a guy that got flack all year, rightfully so, and has responded by being the second best player for the team. Randall got flated all year, and when it's playoffs, he shrinks to a gnat. What a bozo. I mean, and like I've seen people saying, like, you know, you know, where people are piling on Randall. I I, I think it's deserved, first of all. And also it's just like you're seeing a consistent trend with a guy. Um, you know, not even going back to the Hawks series, but like going back to the 21-22 season, it's just like certain patterns of behaviors you just you know what to expect with a guy now it's just like all right like you kind of just want to move on from it and i think that's where a lot of the piling on is coming from and i think it's deserved some people don't um who's piling on and what what are we piling on no some people a lot of people some people are saying that you know people are piling on randall and I, i saw a tweet today that kind of brought up how like we're we're gonna forget about this when he's giving us like 24 8 and 4 in the regular season or whatever it is i don't know i mean f- maybe we'll forget it i don't know how it's piling I on i i just don't know how it's piling on when like he's been bad like I, I don't know what else to say other than that and it's not just bad like i said that i talked about this last time I talked about this on the pod like i i'm pretty consistent where i will give guys a lot of leeway pass whatever you want to call it for bad shooting performances or bad shooting stretches if they're giving me the requisite effort defensively if they're doing the things that they can control you know being you know being a good teammate making smart passes extra plays whatever extra hustle all that shit i can deal if you do those things i can deal with all that shit he's not doing any of those things so for me it's like like i said today i don't care like he had a great efficient scoring game good for him i don't give a fuck like he that was not an impressive performance. He played poorly. Like he, he did not give the effort. He didn't match the effort or the intensity of his teammates. And I understand like maybe his, his ankle injury is bad and he got elbowed in the face of the game and all this shit. But like, to me, it doesn't look like he's dealing with much. Like his athleticism does not seem to be an issue to me. Um, it looks perfectly fine when he's got a runway to the rim. So I don't really buy that. I just fucking like, Lock in, man. Lock the fucking the first game, the first play of the game. He like is just totally checked out. Gives up a fucking wide open layup to to Kevin Love. It's just like dunk. It's the first to Kevin Love. It's the first play of the game. It's like how can you be just not there for the first play of the game? I I don't know. I I just to me, I don't think it's getting piled. I don't think anybody's piling on him. I think he's getting criticism that is deserved based on his performance. Um, because, I mean, if anything, again, it's like, we know he can play, play better than that, so why if would... If you're fucking dog shit, you're gonna get treated like you're playing like dog shit. I mean, if you can't fucking handle that, that's a fucking problem, dude. Like, I'm sorry. He's playing like dog shit. And I'm saying he's playing like dog shit. It's true. If I'm saying he's playing like dog shit, then he's playing like dog shit. And I can gaslight myself into anything. <laughs> Matt Weiss. What's up, Matt? You know what's also annoying? I didn't see one national writer other than Dan Devine 
say a thing about what the Heat were doing. Yeah, I saw multiple comments about the Knicks getting away with stuff. No, but Jim fucking Johnson or Jackson, whatever his name is, I don't care. He's just Jim like, Jackson's terrible. Jim serious. Jackson put money line. Him. Jim Jackson has Heat money line in every single game we play because he's just like, oh, you know, guys, the veteran savvy of Kyle Lowry. <laughs> and Ian, Ian, Ian Eagle is just like, oh, I hate him. Bam out of bio. Saying it with his chest. Ew, I, ew, I, ew, I will like, say I did love the the Iron Eagle um Grimes cookies line. I did like that one. Where you got the steal on um Butler. Ian Eagle is pissed that the Nets are in this position right now. Ian Eagle commentates like he hates watching this. Well, like he no. could, he's like butter. And then Jalen and then fucking Jamie Butler makes the lane. He's like, oh my god, Butler with the touch to the rack. What an impressive performance by Jalen. Jimmy Butler, and it's just Jalen Brunson three. Good. He's had some pretty good calls for us. I will say that in this series. Um, Oh, Jordan Bubb brings up most total points among point guards in the playoffs this season. 337 by Steph Curry. 265 by Jalen Brunson. Two of the best point guards in their respective conferences. They said us and Colton State are the super teams. Hey. Uh, I've always said that the only guard better than um, Jalen Brunson is Steph Curry. Oh, wow, Vivek, you're really going there. He says 2013 still haunts me. Please make sure Bam doesn't Roy Hibbert someone on the Knicks. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why are you right now? That is Come like, on, man. That is such a brutal callback. Why if we have another moment like that. We're not doing the post game because I'm not going to be able to function. <laughs> Yo. Why should be like Jimmy Butler? Oh, no, look, like that block he had against RJ in the corner. Like if he just does that in a game six when we're down and try to like fight back into it, I might jump off whatever freeway I'm at. The one behind your house? <laughs> so, at least it'll be easy to find the body. <laughs> um, but no, I think, man, tonight we really got, I mean, I don't, is it fair to say we got also like some decent shooting luck with Miami not hitting? They've been garbage at shooting all series. And I would I I will also say that I think we 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 did a little bit better with our three point shooting tonight too. So I think that kind of really helped like tip this. I mean we both made thirteen threes, but it feels like if the the thing about this series though it hasn't been like the amount of threes. It's the timely threes. That's the thing and the timely p- plays. Um. The last game, it was the offensive rebounds that killed us, and you know Miami getting those timely threes. This this game, we seem to really get those timely threes that helped extend our lead, um, especially in that third quarter. They did come back in the fourth quarter, um, but I think the damage was already done, especially when you have guys like Kevin Love going. What was it? Oh for eight from three, or whatever it was. Oh for seven from three, um, and two for ten from the field. So you know that definitely helped us out a ton today. Um, you don't know if you're going to get that same type of, I guess, shooting luck and the, the bounce of the ball bounce our way in certain plays um, in the next game um, on the road. But the thing is, though, I don't think the Knicks defense has been their problem. I feel like it's been their offense for this series. Yeah. Mostly it's been their offense and like the numbers bear it out. I could like pull up the numbers for their shooting. Like they haven't shot the ball well all series. The game one, they shot it. 33%. Game two, they shot it 35%. Um, game three, they shot it 20%. Uh, yeah, 22%. Game four, they shot it at 
So, like, they haven't been shooting the ball well the entire series. What they've really been beating us is points on turnovers and their ability to, like, get to line and us, and us shooting as bad as we have been. Like, they've been winning the, um, the rebounding battles, and they've been winning points on turnovers. If the Knicks don't... Knicks Literally the complete out. opposite of how we were winning in... Like, they stole our formula from how we won in game in, in the first series... And the worst part is, they t- it took three games to realize, oh, hey, maybe we, sh- we shouldn't be starting Josh Hart. Ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. And I think, I think, and then someone, I think it was Ariel, he brought it up on Twitter, how, like, we didn't see a minute of Josh Hart or an R.J. Barrett together. And I think that's the only reason we didn't see that is because of the f- early foul trouble. Like, I think we would have probably seen it again today, maybe, if Josh Hart wasn't in foul trouble. Um, and if R.J. didn't start off in foul trouble, too, like... They would have lost the game if they did that, if they did that by the way. Like they would have lost the game. Because whatever minutes they would have gotten together, they would have lost the league. It's I cannot believe it's a Josh Hart getting four fouls in nine minutes and RJ Barrett being in a foul trouble early in the first to not get any Josh Hart and RJ Barrett minutes. And I think he wanted to do it at one point too. Of course he did. He can't help himself. Like you you're better off just like playing deuce, dude. Just play deuce. Even five minutes to give Brunson a blow. Whoa. Oh, Pause. <laughs> that yeah. was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. As soon as I said it, I knew. As soon as I said <laughs> it, I knew. Um, <clears throat> all right. Um, question for Schwinn, I guess, because he brought up the empty stats thing with RJ in a previous pod, Strickland. Um, is Randall the most empty stats player in the league? Carl Anthony Towns exists. He stopped. Um, I mean, Randall, this version of Randall? Yes, That's sure. He's up there. He's up there. Um, the regular season version we saw? No, he was super impactful. That was very obvious by watching him, by any metric available to you. Um, clearly, many NBA writers agreed with that because he got voted 13 on NBA. So, congrats to him for that. Um, and to be clear, like I think he deserved that for his regular season play. He was really good. Um, but the playoff He's version, player. yeah, the the playoff version of Julius Randle. I don't know. He most. I mean, it's hard to say he's. It would be empty stats because like they have he's to like really getting stats. Well, like they, like the thing, the reason why the that works for RJ is because like if you just looked at his numbers in the regular season. They look fine. Like they don't look terrible. Like all except for the three point shooting. My right? three point shooting didn't look good, but the numbers look fine. But it's like if you're watching, if you watch RJ every night, I, I mean, I and apparently it's like very controversial to say this now, uh, but he did not play well in the regular season, <gasps> and now obviously, how dare you? Yeah, and and now he is, which is fucking great. Um, Randall has done the opposite, so he's gone from like awesome to just now being a total. Again, roll the dice. Um, but no, what I was gonna say is like his numbers, his like percent percentages, whatever, have not looked good. They don't even look good. So it's hard to be like he's an empty stats player because the stats look pretty bad. Um, but yeah, no, I mean to the point you're making they like, are full and stinky like a diaper. Yeah, yeah. Like to, to the point that is being made though, he has his impact has gone you know, it's not even there more than it's not at the at the, when it's there. It's usually not helpful to the Knicks. Um, today it would, was something. They were able that. to withstand it. Yeah, it was something that happened. But um, 
he's yeah, look, he's been a bad playoff player so far in his career and has been so far in this in this run and in this series, especially, which is again, it's just like so weird because you see those games where you know that game five he had in Cleveland before he got hurt, and then game two against Miami that he had in this series, you're like, How do you do that? And then you give us these weird just stretches of like absolute nothing on either end. It's just the Julius very, Reynolds very bizarre experience. player. I mean, my top five is like Carl Anthony Towns, Devonta Sabonis, um, Bam Adebayo, because fuck Bam Adebayo, Trey Young. Those first Bobby. two guys definitely shit themselves in the playoffs this year, by the way, too. DeJounte Murray. I'm just going off playoff teams, by the way. Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole isn't even empty stats anymore. He's just like garbage. He's yeah. just like a garbage bag with legs. That's, that's an insult to empty stats. My bad. Um... Michael Porter Jr. Chris He's had Paul. some good defensive moments, I'll say that. Stop it. And some good rebounding. Uh, DeMar DeRozan in any capacity. Drew Holiday That's like in, any, given. in any DeMar DeRozan isn't even, even empty stats. He's just bad in the playoffs. Yeah, but I'm saying even in the regular season, his stats are empty. Yeah, We've seen the one-off numbers. That's fair. That's all I can think about this time. If I have any more, I'll come up with them. John Morant. There we go. Empty as shit. Brandon Ingram empty. Sorry, Colin. Um, Jordan Bub asks, do you think the Heat are finally being affected by shooting variants? Um I think the Knicks can play some lockdown motherfucking D on their shooters, baby. Let's go. Um, no, like they shot like 45% in the first round and it's, they're finally coming back to Earth. It's just that we can't hit shots. We can't shoot. That's, like, That's the problem. Like we've like, helped it, them. It feels it feels that much more like they have been like shooting better than us in this series because like we just simply cannot hit open shots. Because Knicks have created a ton of great looks in certain games, um, but just haven't been able to convert. Um, and that sucks, but like that's what this league comes down to. If you could just make shots or not, especially in the playoffs. Um, as much as well as your defense can play, if you can't score, then it's going to be an issue. And that's the thing that we kind of felt confident about playing this Miami team. If we did end up being matched up with them in the playoffs was that, you know, we knew in the regular season, Miami couldn't score. Um, and we thought, okay, we just, we would be able to outscore them because that's what we were doing all during the regular season. And now things have changed in the, in the playoffs and, you know, we're having a hard time scoring. And that's due to multiple factors, including, you know, the guy who wears number 30 being a pumpkin and being very volatile. Um, but also, you know, the role guys that we relied on throughout the year, like Josh Hart hitting shots, um, crimes hitting shots, quickly hitting shots. Like these things have to happen in order for us to, you know, look like that offense that we look like for most of the regular season. And that's just not what's happening right now. And that's why it feels so much that the Heat have shot better than us it's not really they've been shooting good it's just they can hit threes and we can't sometimes it sucks yeah but like it it is easily the Knicks offense more than the defense like the two highest scoring games in the series have been the, Knicks, the games the Knicks have both won it was 111-112 the Knicks the Heat haven't been able to break 110 it's a matter of the Knicks need to score the ball like the Knicks need to pull the ball into who more than he put the ball in, obvious. But like the Knicks not being able to score is much more surprising than Heat being 
um, bad offensively. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, yeah, this is this is part of it too. Like, um, as critical of Tibbs' choices that I am, and I, I stand by that because I think that you can actually do even more defensively than the Knicks are, like to to contain them even more. Um, even with that said, like they're they're not scoring well. They're very very dependent on just getting hot, like hot stretches from three, and um, offensively, like. Like the other thing, and this, I don't, I, I genuinely mean, I don't know how much of this you put on coaching or whatever, but like they're just getting a lot of turnovers and we've been a low turnover team all year. So, and, and like, that's so much of the lifeblood of what they're being able to produce offensively is what they do in transition. So I think like those two factors, right. Where it's like, they just get hot from three at some points and they'll be able to score off turnovers. That's really all they're doing offensively. There's not much else. Like, you know, I, I think Jimmy Butler's a hell of a player. Has he had a game yet this series where you're like, we can't stop him? Like, he's just cooking. Jimmy's cooking. Like, I don't think he's had a game like that yet in the series. Maybe I'm tempting fate and he'll do that in game six, but he hasn't done that yet. And, um, like, for us, it just feels like, aside from Brunson and RJ to a lesser extent, um, but RJ has been pretty consistent too. But aside from those two guys, feels like every single game you're just kind of like, who else is here? What and and how and what else? What are we gonna get? And it's just it's really hard to win that way. Um, but apparently, if Jalen Brunson can play 48 minutes a night, uh, yeah, he'll have a really good chance of winning. Um, it says Mitchell Robinson walked into the locker room still in uniform and yelled, foul that. Shut up. <laughs> Honestly, I hope this is like an awakening moment for him. I know it's not going to be, but like something's going to be done. Just Rick Vary it, dude. Just Rick Vary it. Yeah, do the Jeremy or do the Jeremy Sohan. The Cody Zeller, like whatever you got to do, bend your knees, first of all. He just never bends his knees when he's taking a shot, but like whatever, dude. He hit him when he needed to. The making wish clapped when he hit the two and he got checked out and had me fucking wheezing. Like, are you kidding? Ugh. Oh, man. All right, Jake Andrews. He says, Randall's a nice player. Did anyone think he was a star? I mean, I want to trade the guy, but I'm not going to act like he's been playing like Ben Simmons. There is a middle ground. I mean... I feel like hmm. the all star team and then make the all NBA team two out of the three years you've been underneath this coach. I kind of feel like you are a star by the definition of it. Yeah. Let's not try to lower expectations for Julius like, Randle. This guy is a top, and he's at minimum a top 25 player in the league. So, like, Julius Randle. I mean, given the season, given the last two out of three seasons, he's at minimum top 25. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm saying like he's okay. Regular <laughs> season top twenty-five. That make you happy? Uh, no, it's still wrong. <laughs> um, that's fine. Uh, all right, dude. You can't like two out of three seasons. Top twenty-five players probably just had three good seasons. That's usually how that works. I you don't mean, get you to like. From, you don't you get to have like. You don't. You don't get to like top. You don't get to have like a disaster. Like you don't get to take a sabbatical for a year. That's not how the NBA works. Like no. <laughs> This is it. Like this year, I'm just taking off, going to Europe. You know, I just want to like fucking explore and figure out life. 
That's not how it works. Nope. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Jake Andrews, I think I feel like you're trying to lower expectations for a guy who pretty much like has been one of the two best best players on the team all year. The team is constructed to like, around him service Julius Randle in a lot of ways. Yeah. So if he's not a star, which I'm fine with that assessment of him, um, then, then you need to change your whole philosophy of your team. Yeah, and he would need to adapt. And if not, that changes the thing. If you want to say he's playing up to his contract, I think that's more than fair. He's exceeding his contract, um, which is why like it's always funny to me when people bitch about his contract. I'm like, I. I don't know. I, Dude, I think, have you seen some of the contracts in this league? Like Jalen like, Brown's gonna get paid like fifty million dollars in a year. He's Tatum's, gonna get two hundred and ninety-five. Tatum is about to make like sixty. Like these these contracts are wild. Um, Carl so, Towns is making fifty million dollars a year. In this I, I think I think Julius is playing. You know, I, I, this playoff performance is not up to his contract. By the way, this is like actually really bad. His regular season performance far exceeds it. However, you want to split that difference, I don't really care. Um, I just don't trust the guy, and I think, you know, however he is in the regular season, even if you buy that, you know, I I think it's still even questionable that you can guarantee that he's going to have a good season next year because we've already seen him have a great season and then completely fall on his ass and then bounce back. So like, even that consistency year to year isn't there with him in the regular season. But let's say you have that, you, you believe that that's there now. Like the playoff portion of it can't be escaped because if you are rostering a player who's so good in the regular season, he guarantees that you're going to win like, you know, 40, 45 games minimum uh, and make the playoffs. But then he goes to the playoffs and then he's like a total basket case. There's no point to that. Like that that's not achieving much for you because you're basically like, elevating your floor but lowering your ceiling and um that's just where i'm at with him where i don't trust him based on what i've seen in the playoffs so far and maybe he comes out the next two games in miami and kills it and then in the eastern conference finals plays really well and i feel differently about it just like you know um you know maybe that happens i don't wouldn't bet on it but if that happens i'll change my mind and whatever but like just based on what we've seen so far from 2021 when we play the hawks and to to this year, like I'm not, you know, I'm just the roller coaster ride has been real. Um, but I would be it's not a fun roller coaster ride. I, I would be uh, very open to looking for potential trade opportunities. I'm not interested in giving him away, to be clear. And I don't think the Knicks should trade him out of desperation. Like they shouldn't just trade him because they want to trade him or feel obligated to trade him. But I do think that they like whenever they become a championship team or a contending team, I really don't believe that Julius will be part of that. Dynasty starts after Julius Randle. As Draymond Green would probably say. Um, all right. Let's see what else we got here. Hmm. So Jake Andrews. No, wait, let me see. Um, Jordan Mob asks us, okay, do you think Emmanuel Kudu will be back at any point of the playoffs because it seems like he won't play in game six or seven? I mean, if we advance, maybe he plays in the next round. Maybe um, June. Maybe June for the finals. <laughs> Does he have his Cam Reddish moment where, like, 
cameras that... came back like game four and had like six threes or whatever. Oh, I thought you were, I thought the Cam Reddish moment was when he like did a crossover and fell on his fucking ass against Dallas in the regular season. No, I don't think Emmanuel quickly <laughs> would do that. Oh my gosh. Oh. No, I, I don't I don't know. Maybe at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals potentially, but it's hard to see him being back. That looks like series. a really bad I that looks like a straight up high ankles for him. That might look great too. Yeah. And he's still in a boot, so yeah. That doesn't bode well. And we can all thank our favorite illegal screener, Bam fucking Adebayo, Adris Adebayo, for hurting him. No, that's, it's Bam because that's the fucking sound his feet make on ankles. You could have done better there, Tyrese. I tried. I tried. I know you did. I, I thought you um, said me. I fumbled it at that fucking mid-dump. It's okay. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, most points per game in their first playoff games. Jalen Brunson continues to solidify himself as a Nick legend already, um, which probably says a lot more about the Knicks than it does about Jalen Brunson. Sadly. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh... All right, um, Jake Andrews. Jake Andrews, how old are you? Well, obviously older than me. Um, but he says 2013 <laughs> haunts young people. He calls us young people. So, like, <laughs> I'm only 24. Like, if you're calling me a young person, like, I got to assume that you're up there in age. But he says 94 and 97 destroyed me. 2013 was like, well done steak. Not great, but I can eat it. Um, 94, 97. 94 was, what was that? The finals versus Houston, right? Do I have that correct, Sean? Uh, yeah, 94 was Houston, right? 97 was, what, the heat brawl that kind of, you know, um, everyone thought the Knicks could have taken the Bulls, I think, in that next series, was it? Was it that? Schwinn, come on. You're supposed to be my, to be my old person. 97, 90, 97 was Miami. That's when everybody got suspended. Mm, okay. And like they were supposed to be the Bulls the next round or some shit, right? They would have played the Bulls, yes. And yes. everyone thought that they could have took the Bulls in that they round, They split right? the season series with the Bulls 2-2, and they stopped the Bulls from getting back-to-back 70-win seasons the last game of the year. Mm. Uh, that was the best Knicks team I think they had. Yeah, that was definitely the most talented one. Yeah, all right. So I could see how that... Definitely could destroy an individual. Um, so that way, 2013 probably was numb to that shit, um, <laughs> sadly. Um, but hopefully, you know, Knicks can make up for it. You know, coming back 3-1 would be insane. Um, it would definitely have the streets a buzzing. Pat Riley might roll over to his grave. If they came back 3-1. That would definitely be some proper... Revenge he's, for he's faxing his death certificate, but like also, he's just like he just has to, he just seems to have like an endless supply of goat blood for his team to drink before every game so that way they he are blessed like with the powers of him? Satan. He looks like a vampire. Have you seen him? <laughs> yeah, I've seen him. He yeah. looks very diabolical. Um, oh, our very own Dallas Amico leaving a comment. He says, Do y'all think Bam is dirty? Obviously, you play hard in the playoffs. And for most individual plays, you could make an excuse, but they're adding up. I mean, the fact that he's gotten so many Knicks hurt, like, 
I don't want to say like, is he? I don't want to say like, uh, I don't know. Is he dirty? I don't know. He's very reckless, yes. and he's getting no, away he's with dirty. it. Okay. You you don't just get like he. I think he didn't he hurt Giannis too this year. He might have. I, like, I don't know. I'm not sure. He, he's hurt enough guys where it's like I at would some point. Guarantee if I did though. At some point, it, you know, it doesn't actually matter if he's dirty or reckless or whatever it is. It is what it is. Um, like it, it, it the, the specifics of it don't matter, right? Like, true. What, how he's playing has gotten multiple Knicks injured at this point, and I'm sorry, the one I'm, like. I think that really got glossed over, and I didn't really want to talk about it at that time either because the Knicks won the game and it was whatever. But the one that he had on Julius was dirty, bro. Like, that shit was grimy. Like, it, he just slides his foot under under Randall when he's in the air. I think he knows exactly what he's doing. That's a bullshit play. Speaking of bullshit plays, Cody Mar- Caleb Martin did some bullshit the last game. I don't think we talked about it. But, um, that where one where he stepped under um, Jalen Brunson on the three. Absolute he reckless close out. Extended his foot out. Absolutely after, reckless. After already landing. Like, how, like that was like so blatant, so obvious. I'm glad they called it a flagrant one. Probably could have been a flagrant two. The way it was just like so blatant. Like, what the Heat are getting away with? Like, sure they're like kicking our ass on hustle plays, but like they're also like getting like a really beneficial whistle, and they're able to get away with a lot of bullshit. Um, you know. If the Knicks make shots, maybe it doesn't matter, but like it it all adds up. And like guys are getting hurt on the Knicks. And you know, going through a series this long, you know, Josh Hart is happen, dirty, but yeah, Josh Hart is dirty for you know, contesting a Jimmy Butler foul that could have easily been an offensive foul on Jimmy Butler, I think. Um, but you know, the guys on the Heat, they're they're all they're all angels, they're all saints. Um, Cody Zeller right. is the upstanding citizen. Um. Okay, here's a positive. Did you see that Dallas tweet by the way? Where like Babe is doing the fucking splits on the screen. Yeah, yeah, I just saw that tweet, and he he um he quoted the rule book. So shout out to Dallas for that tweet. Um, but here's a positive outlook I guess we can have on this game, this series, and I guess this probably should have been most people's mindset anyways but um he says the knicks are the only team remaining in the playoffs that isn't championship or bust so i'm going to enjoy the ride all the other teams will have a bad season if they don't win um but remember jake there are no failures there are only steps to success so any team that loses is just one step closer to success <laughs> instead okay, of I remember failing i came, came up for the julius randall i'm tired of all this slander. i'm coming next year well, what uh what i thought was they finally mentioned this like okay by the way the broadcast today was that like a fucking miami heat broadcast what the hell was that just fucking like jim jackson hours. and iron eagle are yeah. fucking terrible oh they're, they're just their culture they just keep coming i'm like it's a fucking playoff game like i don't know i feel like they should yeah we should probably expect them to try it's usually how it works um but they mentioned today Ian Eagle mentioned this today but he was like the Knicks have the least playoff experience of any team in the playoffs of any team that was ro- like of any team's roster and all we heard about in last series right against Cleveland was like oh they're so young they're so young they're so inexperienced and this series, all we're hearing about is, oh, heat culture. They're, they've been through the battles. They've been through the wars. And I do believe there's something to that. But, like, that's – I mean, I also believe there's something to the fact that Knicks haven't been through this shit. So they're learning on the fly. And I think you can see that manifest 
to the end of games. And like, that's why it's so weird that Tibbs, it feels like has turtled and just completely choked at the end of these games. But like, I don't, I expect RJ Barrett to maybe make some stupid plays at the end of a game. Like probably shouldn't throw a lob to Mitchell Robinson, but I get it. Like it's his first time in these spots, right? I get why Quentin Grimes is hesitant to put the ball on the floor or, you know, whatever. I get all these guys, these various young guys struggling with various things that's expected in the playoffs, right? Like you're getting challenged in ways that just don't happen in the regular season. So this is the first time you're experiencing that. But yeah, I mean, I'm like in the moment of games. Yeah. I'm like very, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? But this season, like, especially now that you avoided the gentleman, gentleman sweep here, like, this is like, I mean, this is easily a successful. There, there's no way anybody could convince me at this point, no matter what happens, that this is like some, this is nothing but a a huge win of a Failure. season. Yeah, no, this is a huge win of a season and everything at from this point on, especially is just gravy. Definitely. Do you guys think we get the extender for game six? I kind of do. Dude, I Hot think. Foster. That's the music. I, I think I needed to put on the cape one more time. Let's get a game. Game seven at MSG, man. And what would that be on? Like a Monday? Monday. It'll be on a Monday. Right after Mother's Day. It would have been fire if it was on actual like Mother's Day. Oh, game seven man. MSG. Sunday. You can't do that to mom because mom would have been watching the game. It would have been like it would have been frustrating. My mom would have been like, "Why the fuck are we watching the next place? I'm going back there." <laughs> Games. Game seven on a, on a Sunday though. That would do numbers. It would, but on a Monday, it means that people are rushing home for work and stuff like that. That crowd is going to be electric still. Like all the pent up anger from somebody working on Wall Street is going to come out of the gutter. It's going to be great. I just fucking lost $2 billion in stocks. Ah, go Knicks. <laughs> go Knicks. <laughs> like all, it's going to be the succession, like the fucking energy the succession brings, like for like times 10. Um, also, shout out to Succession. Good show. I'm liking it so far. Matt Weiss makes up an interesting point. Every other series of Game 7 is scheduled for Sunday. No idea why our series is the only one not. Yeah, that's good. Adam Silver put in the call. I mean, that's good for us, though. Yeah. yeah if we get to a Game 7, because Tibbs is going to ride these fucking guys to Kingdom Come uh, for Game 6. So yeah. you need that extra day uh, in between. So that would be good. And maybe we get lucky and IQ's injury isn't as bad as it is and he could be healthy for that game or something. But Game 7, um, game seven IQ? Woo! Let's speak it into existence. He pulls the Kevin Nash and he takes the yeah. fucking blanket off? That'd be good. I, I didn't do that. I, yeah, but I think... Four extent, threes from IQ in a Game 7 in an MSG. No, he takes two threes off a bum leg and then he goes to the, rest, the bench for the rest of the game. Willis Reed. Yep. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think... I don't know how the other series have been scheduled, but our, our entire schedule for this series has been weird, right? Where it was like, we had a game, we had the normal game off between game one and two, but then we had three games, three days off between games because, two and three. Because I think we were like the quick, I think we might've been the fastest to start. No, it was, uh, no, we were the, I think we were the fastest to start along with the Suns and all the, uh, the Suns and Denver. So like they're trying to get the schedule to catch up. So they gave us the four days, so that way all of the series would be like game three, game three, game four, game yeah. four, game five, game five. So like that's why we started so late because the um, Golden State series started late, and then I think the Celtics series started late because they could not beat the Hawks. So, but yeah, like so, and plus they already made the date for the finals, so they have to keep it within the parameters. Yeah. 
All right. Um, I think we will end things off here. So do we get? Do we have two game sixes on Friday then? Us and the Warriors. I believe so. Yes. Yes. Wild. Basically, the Warriors play the same day we play. And... Two, three, one comebacks. Jeez. Yeah, that'd be wild. And we would make a lot of money. David Davidson is rubbing his hands in his grave. Man, that video of that dog that like made the prediction for the Warriors Lakers series is getting like scarily like accurate. If the Warriors pull this game off, <laughs> I mean they're, they're gonna pull this game off because the heat, um, the Lakers are on serious, but like game six is a different story. Man, that dog's gotten five games correct out of five. A dog is special. Which oh that the one that picked off the, the corgi season. that bounces the yeah, ball. The in the basket. <laughs> it's gotten like five out of five games correct so far in this series. It's so insane. We, let's let's hope, man. <laughs> it's gonna need, be a three one comeback for the, the Warriors. It's yeah, gonna be we insanity. Need, we need the corgi to step up. I think the cor- I think the corgi picked the heat. So we're hoping that the corgi isn't right. The corgi is probably going to be right about this whole series and this series only. It's been wrong about like every single other thing. It's yeah, I think the corgi picked the, the Cavs to win. In five. In five. Dumbass corgi. <laughs> well, if it predicts this series, I, I will be more than happy. Seeing the Lakers go out in 3-1 after being up 3-1 would be <laughs> hilarious. That might be LeBron's breaking point. <laughs> like, you thought that, you thought I came against the fucking Celtics at TD when you started like visibly crying on the court was bad. Like that might force early retirement. Losing to the losing to the skeleton warriors down um down three one. It's not even the skeleton it's just Steph. It's Steph. It's Steph and then like when Draymond has a good game like he's having today basically. And when Wiggins decides to like shoot efficiently like today. Draymond has 18. So fucking weird this team. Draymond's the funniest player. Like Dude, I, I, that I, podcast I, is gonna be lit. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be watching it religiously. That's so it's so insane how many active NBA players have a podcast, by the way. Doesn't Trey doesn't Trey Young start a podcast? He now? just started one, yes. Who else listens to, listen to Trey, Trey Young's Young? podcast? And like what the fuck is he gonna talk about? Who else listens to Austin Reeves on a podcast? So, Austin Rivers on a podcast. Like Austin Rivers has a podcast? Yes, Austin I Rivers has so. a podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> Who wants to hear Austin Rivers, aka the fucking bubble man? Who wants to hear his opinions on hoop? I don't know. Who's ever, he's who's ever he's clearly like, got an audience. <laughs> it's on the ringer, by the way. Ugh, wow. It's on the ringer. Yeah. Ugh. That makes Gross. perfect sense now. That makes perfect Gross. sense. It also just seems like a like a conflict well, he, of interest. Did, did he grow up in Boston? Like. Who cares, dude? It's Austin Rivers. <laughs> That's not the issue. The issue is why does Austin Rivers have a voice? True. Like, why is Paul Jordan have a podcast, bro? It's not even a podcast. It's just an echo chamber. <laughs> it's an echo chamber. <laughs> yeah, P, it wasn't your fault. You lost 3-1 in the bubble, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they did yeah. be making him feel better about his failures. <laughs> yeah, P, your tibia all messed up, but it's cool, though. You be back. <laughs> yeah, P. Kawhi isn't better than you. Like, oh my god! You would have, you would have played. Kawhi didn't play. You would have played. Oh, this is from Ian. Ian also shares that there was heated verbal altercation 
between Knicks players and coaches after their game four loss. I had saw a tweet about like Julius Randle and Thibodeau screaming at each other, but I thought like, like it was like, a fucking troll tweet or some shit. I didn't know. That, well, like... I, there was that. There was also one from like some. Uh, I don't even know, so I don't want to missay, but like somebody who tweeted in Spanish um, added me and like a bunch of other people with this thread. That's Spanish all tweet. about. Read the tweet I, on the Spanish. I can't read Spanish. Um, but it was like all about how like Obi was got into it with Tibbs and then he had to be separated by like Julius. Yeah, Obi, yeah. And then it, like Tibbs was pissed off at his press conference and people thought it was because they lost, but that was it was because him and Obi got into some shit. I don't know. I mean that's that's what the thread said, and I it was like the account that tweeted it was like sixteen and they had like sixteen thousand followers or something, so it wasn't like total some bullshit fucking account, I guess, but it's pretty out there. Yeah, I mean, Obi. And yeah, there was that tweet about like Randall. Balls. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, if I were Obi, I'd have been pissed after that game too. It's like, dude, you just didn't fucking play me in the second half. Like, what the fuck? What the hell? Exactly. Yeah. What the hell? Like, you just gave up on me? Like, and it's weird because like I know he <laughs> bricked two threes, but he also had two putbacks in the first half, and it's like, okay, like I mean. It's not well, it's not like Randall is out there covering himself in fucking glory, so he's covering um, him from his shit. I was yeah. just gonna say yeah. So yeah. Oh my god. Well, whatever it did, it clearly woke up the team with Austin and his best friend. Um whatever I'm, I'm tired of I mean you play for their friends on, bro. Who wants to hear Austin <laughs> Rivers' best friend basketball thoughts? It's like trying to say you want to hear Banksy speak. Like, come on, bro. Nobody cares about what Banksy has to say. Oh, you're talking about Kevin Kevin Durant's um Dick Writer? Yes. His his servant. <laughs> Dude, I've never seen somebody I'm using before. that word instead of the other word I call him on social media. <laughs> but that's Kevin Durant's um his servant. <laughs> that doesn't servant. get paid. <laughs> servant that doesn't get paid. Oh, bitch. Bansky. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Gonzalez. He has me blocked. I surprisingly have not gotten blocked, even though I've gone back and forth with him multiple times. Um <laughs> he's clearly enjoying the banter, I guess. Um <laughs> so he just got to go home and stroke Kevin Durant's ball spot at night. <laughs> His stroke is bald. I that I did not think you were going the bald, the bald spot. spot. Yeah, no, that's yeah. <laughs> oh Kevin, it's okay, bro. The Warriors don't need you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Kevin. You'll come back from this down three two. Oh, no De- no Devin Booker isn't better than you. You're right to lead Kyrie. Steph Curry isn't better than you all time. It's okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'll give you my Achilles if you need a fresh one. It's okay. I'm coming. <laughs> Achilles transplant. He oh, would do man. He definitely would. He would do any for anything for him. It's funny because he started off as his hater too. Um I think if, if I if I got a bag, I would stop hating a lot of people. I'd be out here hopping up the monster Sabonis and he gave me a bag. <laughs> Did you see that? Wow. <laughs> wow. Who cares about defense, bro? <laughs> Devonta Sabonis hype wow. for a bag. All That's NBA crazy. for a reason, baby. He really got NBA All NBA thirteen. That's crazy. That's crazy. What less than Julius Randle? I'm leaving here for something. This league is crazy, man. Two non-playoff guys in on the NBA first team. This league is wild. Randall's okay. got Randall's got as many. Uh, he's got as many playoffs. He's got more playoff series. Than... True. 
I'm sorry. Like, can we talk about that real quick? Sorry. Like, Luka Doncic and Shea making the All NBA team when neither of them made the playoffs is wild. Wild. Hashtag this first league. Team, All NBA is fucking stupid. Hashtag like, this league. Just he gets such a pass because his team He's sucks. Well, He's, yeah, he is white. <laughs> that definitely helps his case. If it wasn't already the main proprietor. <laughs> oh. Like, how the hell did De'Aaron Fox not make first team? Like, De'Aaron Fox was legitimately really, really, really good all season and was on a winning team. And I kind of feel like that's the criteria for me. Do you remember when you were telling me that Donovan Mitchell was 100% going to make uh, all NBA first team? I did not think that the the Warriors would fucking vote in Shane Gilders Alexander and well, White Privilege. I'm just saying, you were wrong. You were wrong. I was right. Donovan Mitchell, still not at that level. He has as many second team All NBAs as Julius Randle. Again, it's true. I will be here with something. It's true. Right. Sam is about to like pass out, by the way. So. No, I'm not. I'm actually like really good. I took a nap before the game. So I'm like, I'm really spry. Sam is so lucky the game wasn't fucking tomorrow. Oh my gosh. If it was tomorrow, I literally wouldn't be on post game. I'd be at my job still. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to end things here. Um, shout out to everyone that was rocking with us. I think we had like 50 viewers at one point, 50 live concurrent viewers at one point. Make sure you guys leave a like and subscribe. We are on our way to 1K subs. We recently passed, what was it, 800 yes. subs. So definitely keep on liking, keep on subscribing, sharing with people that you know, um, so that way we can get to 1K subs. Uh, make sure you guys check out all the links to everything stricken related in the description. We got links to the site. We got links to the merch as Vivek brings up. Buy some Strickland merch. We definitely just put out a tweet. Get yourself some Jalen Brunson and Immaculate uh, Immaculate Jalen Brunson tea and yearbook tea. They are both available um, now. Um, so check out the link in the description for that. We got links to the Twitter. Make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. As you can see on the bottom of your screen, we got the Twitter handle and we got the Instagram handle. Make sure you guys are following us on, on Instagram at the strict.land. <clears throat> we will also, you can also support us by subscribing on Patreon. We got multiple tiers. Um, one of them includes Schwinn's own show, Strict and Roll. Um, so definitely check all that stuff out. Um, and remember, we'll guys, that every donation is made to Works of Strickland helps us fund Schwinn getting height um, increasement surgery. So <laughs> he can reach his goal. Height and... surgery. Jesus, that was the worst, worst fucking verbiage possible. I fumbled it. <laughs> that I was so bad. Height increasement surgery. Height increasement surgery. He can reach his dream of being in the NBA. <laughs> if you want to see Swin make a dunk, please support me. Can you even like run with those like those increase increasings? I was <laughs> let's be real find out. <laughs> Just attend it. Right. All he needs is attend it. You help us it's support the bad. cause. All right. We will catch you guys on Friday. Hopefully the Knicks extend this series to a game seven on Monday. We will catch you guys after that game. Man, the weekend would be actually awesome if they do that. Yeah, it would definitely. Yeah. So hopefully they do. So everyone's weekend is not ruined. And, you know, Mother's Day can be a happy day for all Knicks fans. Um, Happy Mother's Day, Terry's.
All right. <laughs> All right. Everyone have a good night. <laughs> Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini yeah. fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts. Yes.